Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Sick and the whole heart is and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. Your country is desolate. This is this is verse seven. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers, strangers devour your land in your presence. Think about this. Strangers devour your land in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Think about America. Think about Africa. And this is exactly what we see where the people's way of life has been devoured by foreigners, by strangers coming in. And that's exactly the story of Africa. That's exactly what Americans are crying about today. Yeah. The culture is being eroded. They cry to God, they pray to God. And this, <clears throat> this book says a lot. Um, I was watching a program and you know this this man of god was saying that it's not like god um has abandoned his children the church it's just that maybe the punishment what's happening today is punishment for how his children have gone out of their ways to anger the lord Okay, so um, I've got 10 minutes, so I've got to be quicker. I, I did mark a lot more verses in this chapter one. I, I marked a lot more verses in chapter one than other, other chapters. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to cover it all, but I'll pick out the word, um, verse 10, where it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the Lord of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So what purpose is a multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. It, and this is what we see. Many people offering gifts, paying their tithes, the thing they can buy. Um, God's grace, 
with money. And he's just saying to us here that he's not asking us for offerings. Um, what he says is when you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand? He didn't ask us for all the gifts. Um, he just wants our soul. Um, so I don't want to end this chapter with just the anger of the Lord. I want to just leave a bit of positive this chapter, which is verse 18, where God actually says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Sorry, so, can I interrupt a little bit? Somebody's yeah. um, Bible, or as you flip the papers, it's it's going crack, 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 crack. So if you can put the Bible in a little, I don't know who it is, but it's somehow uh, coming through the microphone. So just sorry for the interruption. Sure. Um, so it says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So this is the hope that, you know, God gives us here. Um, he's not just angry and wants to destroy all of mankind, but he's calling on us, stretching out his hands and saying, come. And even though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Okay, um, so for um, chapter two, chapter two is really... Um, just a continuation of the vision, um, but this time it talks about the days, um, the future, the days of the Lord, when the Lord shall come. Um, it's prophecy in relation to Judah and Jerusalem, and it talks about the days of the Lord and how the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. And verse two says here, now we shall come to pass in the latter days the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Okay. Um, so, um, sorry, sorry, before you go any further, mm -hmm. um, you just touched on something really important and I don't know if everybody else caught that. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, it said nobody except the children of Israel could come into the temple. If you recall, Paul got into trouble in the New Testament because they thought he had brought some Gentiles into the temple. And you just read something in chapter 2, verse 3, mm -hmm. where it says, and many people shall go and say, come, let us go to the house of God. Yeah. That can only be referring to who? The church. church. It cannot be referring to the temple of God because God gave explicit instructions that no Gentiles were to come into the temple. You see that? Right. Okay. Re okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, so. Um, Remember the focus of the. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. The yeah. focus of the study is, is to find those aspects of the scripture that mm -hmm. talk to us about Christ and the church. You just hit on one right here. Yeah. Okay. Good. So a person 
who, who didn't know, of course, you might not have known that God said no Gentile should come to the temple. He told Moses that, Solomon, everybody knows that. Paul, in the book of Acts, got into trouble because they thought he had brought some Gentiles into the temple. Okay, he got beaten up for that. But here we're seeing God saying in that day that people from all over the world will come to his temple. Okay, now okay. this is a prophecy about Christ. In chapter 1, where you read in verse 18, when it talks about cleansing their sins, it said it will be, their sins will be cleansed and they will be white as snow. That was also a prophecy about Jesus coming to cleanse our sins. Okay? Yes. All right. Sorry to interrupt you like that, but I thought if you go any further without pointing out, uh, we'll, we'll lose out. So please go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, um, goes on, this chapter goes on, um, you know, to remind the people um, in verse 11 that the arrogance of men shall be humbled when the Lord rises to judge the earth. Um, I'll read it the way he says it here. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall be, shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Okay. Right, um, so chapter three. This is a chapter that is really talking about um, the judgment that will come upon the people. It's really a continuation of similar to chapters one and two. Um, come upon Judah and Jerusalem. And um, verse eight says, for Jerusalem stumbled and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. The look on, of, on their countenance witnesses against them and they declare their sins as Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruits of their doings. So that's a good message there, the righteous. I like to not just read all the anger of the Lord, but also read the good promises that he made um, to us, to the children of God, to, to those who turned from their wicked ways. Right. Um, on, in chapter four, verse one, very interesting, this one, it says, and in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own food and wear our own apparel only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Um, well, I guess I don't know if this is going to be literally or if there is a spiritual meaning with this. I like to know that if it is a spiritual meaning or if it's a literal interpretation of the um, what we see in the world today um with morality being thrown you know 
to the wings and you know people just um leaving very carelessly like they did in days of Sodom and Gomorrah or chapter five um something very interesting about this chapter was the question sorry before that, you go to chapter five to ask you to respond to your question real quick yeah. chapter four yes it is both a natural and spiritual remember this is the old testament the old testament is natural but it mm. always has a spiritual connotation yeah. so in the natural it is telling us that at a time would come when mm. there'll there'll be a dearth of men that are responsible women will say look you know what don't pay my bills don't do anything just let mm. me just have your name that's a right. prophecy but mm. then when it comes to spiritual the Bible tells us about the seven churches. Do you remember? Yes. In the book of Revelation, just mm. Christ said, write to the seven churches. Okay. So the yes. man here, symbolic is Christ. And now mm. we have churches who we want to bear his name, but we want to have our own doctrine. That's our own bread. Ah. We want to have our own lifestyle. That's our own apparel. Mm. Okay. So right. that's very good that you pick that there. Because mm. that's the giving us a prophecy of what it will be like, what the churches will be like at the end of time. Yes. Okay. We have our own doctrine. We make up our own word. It's not really what the Holy Ghost says. It's whatever our theology or our church denomination believes. Yeah. And as for apparel, apparel has to do with how you appear, your conduct, you know, mm. um, your right to do whatever you want to do and all that and all that. It's not just so much clothing. Sorry for the interruption again, but no, I thought no, that would be I'm good glad you clarified that. Like the doctrine of okay. rapture, you know, that I was asking about. There's so many doctrines yeah. that are not in the Bible today. Okay. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Right. So chapter five. Um, chapter five. Um, I would I, I'm very interested in the question that God asks in, in verse four here. He says, What more could have been done to my vineyard? that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? So we are like the garden, and he has planted good seed, but it's good seed that he has planted hasn't brought forth good grapes. He has brought forth wild grapes. We, have, we are full of sin in the world today, the church, the people, the Gentiles, everyone, you know? So I guess this is what his question is here. And um, he goes on to say, and now please let me tell you in verse five, what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it shall be burned and break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug but there shall come up prayers and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is a house of Israel and the men of Judah are his pleasant plans. He looks for justice, but behold oppression, for righteousness, but behold a cry for help. Okay, that's uh, last chapter five. Um, I will go quickly to chapter six. Can I, can I interject here? If yes. you recall, if everybody recalls, I overemphasized during the week that 
what we're trying to do yeah. is we're looking for scriptures that we believe have some correlation to Christ and the church. And remember, we overemphasized that this week. And I said, look, anybody has questions, please call me. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm still, I'm, I, looked, I looked at that in the, in the future chapters. Um, I just, I will, I will come to that because I think yeah, the so first- even if, even if you only find three. Yeah, okay? I, did, I did find- yeah. Um, even, it's, yeah, even if you only found three, you only found one in all 10 chapters, that's okay. As time mm -hmm. goes on, as you grow in the knowledge of this word, you'll begin to find more, okay? It's, so don't worry about the, trying to explain Isaiah. We're looking for something in particular in Isaiah, and that is like, like what you questioned about Isaiah chapter four, verse one. That was excellent. That was Christ and the church, okay? Now, as time goes on, you'll begin to be able to pick these things yourself, okay? okay. So give us, the, give us the ones you know when you saw mm -hmm. them, you said, hmm. Could this have some spiritual meaning to Jesus and the church? Even if you were not sure, but at least it provoked yeah. something in you. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Then let me go straight to chapter seven then. Um, so <clears throat> chapter seven, um, verse 10. This is where he prophesied about um, Emmanuel, the birth of Emmanuel. So I uh, will read from fourth, from... Actually, let me read from verse 14. It says here, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Very interesting. I never knew that the name Emmanuel was mentioned anywhere in the Old Testament. But this is... Um, Isaiah prophesying about the birth of, of Jesus. Um, what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. God, God with us, right? I think Thank so. you. Yeah. God yeah. with us. Yes. And he, and he goes on in chapter 8 to talk about uh, the same. He says in chapter 8, um, verse 3, Then I went to the... Hmm, well, I'm not sure. I don't really understand this. Let me, I don't really understand this particular verse, um, but I, I want to read it out here. Then I went to the prophetess and she conceived and bore a son. Is that Isaiah's son? Okay. Then the Lord said to me, call his name Maha Shalal Hajbaz, for before the child shall have knowledge to cry my father and my mother the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be taken away before the king of Assyria. Okay, I, I didn't understand that. I'm hoping you can explain that. Um, but um, another place where I noted the birth of uh, Jesus was chapter 11. So look at chapter nine, verse six. Chapter 9, verse 6. Oh, I actually highlighted that. Sorry, I, I, I missed that. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Yes, yes, I missed that. Thanks for- A child me. that's gonna be called God. Yes. Now, this is the Old Testament. Jesus hasn't mm -hmm. been born yet, okay? All right, good thing mm -hmm. we caught this. All right, good, sorry, continue. Yeah. Yes. Um, let me, there's um, in chapter 12, no, sorry, chapter 11, he talks about the, the stem of Jesse. Okay. And this is verse one. It says here, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And I know that Jesus is a descendant of, the, of David and David is a descendant of Jesse. So- Excellent. Uh, now, so I, was, uh, I think this is also a prophecy about, um, about David. About, is it David or Jesus? Yeah. No, no, it's Jesus. a prophecy no. of David. No, David has already, it, had already died by this time. David no, already died uh, by the this prophecy, time. The prophecy that she's reading is a stump of, uh, will come out of Jesse and out of um, David will come out, will come Jesus. It was a line of, um, you know, heritage. Yeah. Right. But Isaiah is speaking after David is long dead and buried. So this person is, whoever is a descendant of David is also a descendant of Jesse. And the way this person is described here, we know it's Jesus that they're speaking about. So Jesus is a descendant of Jesse if he's a descendant of David, which we know he is. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so um, yeah, thanks for that clarification. Because um, I wasn't sure if it was David or Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Um, and um, I think it just, the, this is all I've noted about the church. Um, the rest of it is just um, God's, um, you know, talking about judgment and the coming and warning about the day of the Lord and the wrath that shall befall the nations and the events that will happen during the day. Um, and then that's it for me. I think I've used up my 10, more than my 10 minutes. Sorry about that. Are we no, no, that's fine. You, you went, you went first. So that, that you needed the time. Sorry for um, that. Sorry. Go ahead, Dr. K. Okay, are we supposed to hold our comments on the section until the end, or can we say something now about the section? Uh, I think we can say something now about the section. That makes sense. Okay, because yeah. I'm looking at um, chapter eight, and yes. um, in chapter eight, I see something else about the church, a warning for okay. the church, verses 11 to 13. Yeah. And it says... For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, 
Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom his people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread. So he didn't really want the, the church to be um, polluted just like his warning was all the time to the, to the um, Israelites. Don't get, don't get bound up and caught up with these um, um, foreigners in the land that he doesn't want us to be caught up in the ways of the world as a church. And um, then in chapter 10, in chapter 10, verse 27, that uh, it talks about the anointing on the church. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You know, that we learn in the New Testament that um, we will, that it says, ye shall receive when the Holy Ghost comes power. And he talks about the breaking of chains, that this yoke, this burden, this oppression, it's broken because of the anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Does anybody have something else you want to point out about this first few chapters? Just one thing I have is the word confederacy. Does that mean alliance? Or like intermarriage? Is that what it's uh, referring to? I, I think it's fellowship. And the anointing. Want... I, and the anointing. Could it refer to the anointed who is Jesus Christ who would break the chains? Yes, of course. Yes. The anointing, okay. the anointing breaks the yoke. Okay, so who has the next few chapters? I don't think anyone picked 14 to 26. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm having some, I, I could help with that, but let's come back to it um, after from, once we're done, we'll come back to 14 to 26 and I'll try to help with that. Well, let's finish. Okay. It's okay because when you read Isaiah, it's not like chronological. He's just yeah. here and there. Okay. So please, whoever's next, go ahead. Once we're done, I can come back to it. Um, so and I, then it's, yeah, I, I have 26 to 39. Uh, I felt like the um, verses before, when they're each different country, it's kind of applying how all of this applies to each of the countries themselves and to certain people. And then in chapter 24, he says the devastation of the whole world, which goes back to the first, the first 13 chapters where he at one point said um, that... Um, you know, God said, I'm, it's, I'm coming to all the nations. There's not, you know, it's not going to be just one. And so in chapter 26, it goes back to that when he says, 
on the day they will sing this song. A strong city have we, he sets up walls and and ramparts to protect us. And so they're they're now the prophecies and the po you know, the the um thoughts are beginning to say how how is this going to um how is God going to vindicate the good people while you know the bad people are the whatever's happening going on with the people who haven't done and it says through the wickedness and the wickedness spared and the, the person who doesn't learn justice and that's chapter that is chapter twenty six ten so but the, then he travels on through that through that that writing is that. The Lord gives rewards, the Lord gives punishments, and that's verse 20. And he says in 20 and 21, go and enter your chambers. And then he says in 21, the Lord goes forth in his place to punish wickedness. And so I think he tells us, don't worry about, don't worry about us punishing anyone. God is going to take care of it. And it says the earth will reveal the blood upon her and no longer conceal her slain. And I think he's talking about going back into chapter 26 of the vindication is that the people who do stick to God's rule and the love and hope of God and Jesus are the ones that are going to be vindicated in the end. And those who put themselves on high and did things that, you know, I think that he's telling us that's all going to come out. We're all going to see it. And, um, you know, um, I think when when you go into the New Testament and realize that that's what made people mad is Jesus went and said, you know, why are you selling stuff and giving loans in the temple? That's not what this is for. This is God's house, and you're supposed to be here doing something else. So I think he's telling telling the church, look at yourself. And, and he says, my people, I think he's saying, look at yourself and, you know, make sure that you aren't one of the people with blood on yourself. And so chapter 27 again says, don't be one of those bad people. Because he says, the Lord will punish with his sword. So I think, again, the the message to the church is listen to what God wants you to do and do it, even though it's hard. And then again, in chapter 27, 6, he says, in, in the days to come, Jacob shall take root and Israel shall sprout and blossom. And I think he... I think that's where the church he tells he tells all of us to build ourselves and and we're the blossoms now we're we the church itself the people of the church come and so um and then he goes through one by one the different the different countries so it's like the fall of Samaria Judea Jerusalem. And he picks out specific things. And so in Jerusalem, he says, Woe to Ariel, the city where David encamped. And he says, he goes to each one of these places in these chapters. And then he says, the in, in chapter um, 
in chapter 29 where he says again blindness and perversity he says you know you want to be he says you are irresolute you're stupefied you are blind to yourselves and you stay blind and so he he again is telling us you know open up your eyes and see Stop being, and you know, stop being perverse. It says, woe to those who would hide their plans too deep for the Lord. And I think that's what he's saying. Don't, don't think you're going to get around God. God is going to figure it out and it's going to come along. And um, redemption, the next part becomes, he starts talking about redemption. And and he says, um it's one thing is talking about an orchard, and I felt like the the part of an orchard was there'll be a small amount we can grow the small amount of goodness and the, what God wants us to do, and then He says it will become a forest. So we should each not give up when we keep going back to the seed. We should not give up to our seed. We grow our tree. We grow our orchard. We grow the forest, and. The chapter 30 starts where he starts talking a bit again about specific specific countries and where he has said, not one nation, all nations. He's going to judge them all. And so um, he goes, he he says, and don't be aligned, you know, in chapter 31 is the, don't, don't be aligned with Egypt. Egypt is doing all these bad things. Syria is going to fall. And so by the time he gets into chapter 32, he says, the king will rule justly. And again, we talk about the church and not as something in the past, but as the church, you know, Jesus and the church, that Jesus will rule us justly. And it says the prince will rule rightly. So I think that... um, then again, they come across the women of Jerusalem, and he says to women, "Don't just sit back there complacent." He says, "Complacent women in chapter, uh, in verse nine, don't just sit back there and and think, oh, it's all good. I I, I don't have to do anything." He says, "Tremble and shudder that you just sit there, and you know." He says, "You know, um, do your own." Look at yourself and, um, you know, repair yourself and, and tell God, wow, you know, I, I'm i not I'm not as um, good of a person as I thought I was. And, and then he says, when the spirit from high has poured out onto us, I think that is a referral. Eventually, when Jesus' spirit comes on us, then he says, then the desert will become an orchard and the orchard will be, move into a forest so that we can't just plant that seed on our own and think that's going to happen. We have to plant it with that spirit of Jesus <clears throat> and, and do it in our own lives. He says justice will bring around peace and that right will produce calm and security. And if we want to live in a peaceful country, he says, women, you know, don't be complacent. Don't sit back waiting for it to happen. And so... Can I just interject one thing here, uh Liz? Uh 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 When we're referring to women, 
in the scriptures that they they're referring to the church that the women right. are the, the various churches and right sorry, go ahead. and so like i said uh, he goes to each each of these nations by themselves and so chapter 23 is assyria and each one of them had apparently their own their own things like he says this country languishes in mourning that's chapter that's verse nine and then he says lebanon withers in shame sharon is like a step bashan and carmel are stripped bare so he goes through and his prophecy is saying how each of the God is judging each of the countries, not one. And then he says, but now restoration of Zion. How how will we see the king in his splendor? And I think he's I think there he's not talking about a specific country. I think I mean he, well he is, but I think the, the um importance to the church is that it can't there's hope we can restore okay can i just um, interject one more thing liz to clarify a little bit um here when they're talking i just want to add a clarification that here when they're talking about various nations and various countries they're talking about Mm -hmm. different denominations and really that um, these different nature nations that they were talking about represent the, the spirit of different churches. Like, That's like correct. one church is mourning. So that we're not talking about literal nations at this point, but I mean, they wouldn't know the name of denominations and it doesn't matter because we have so many different denominations, but we can fit the denominations into different spirits a, a, a not even a denomination a congregation can have a spirit you know yes i agree and i think that's where um as you know as now now as he begins even even though he's talking about um different countries again now he's talking about the different countries and how they deliver themselves and and then he again talks about the screech owl and the raven dwelling together, and it goes back to where the lion and the lamb are eating hay together, and and um, so I think he he he's saying he's he, like you said it's it's specifically talking about. Um, each one of us, not just where we belong, but each, it, if we bring it to the best point, we look at ourselves and say, you know, um, each of us looks at what it is we're doing that God, if God tells us to do something, which is to honor God and love one another, because that's what Jesus, the message Jesus brought to us, um, that he goes to each of these and 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 how I think like when it says, you know, in chapter thirty six where it's the invasion of Sennacherib, I don't know where that is or what it is. I don't think it matters. I think what it's saying is that, you know, God is may not, you know, bring brimstone down on you, um, but another group may 
come and do things and God will allow that because you, because of your turning away from God. And I think that to me was the major message that Isaiah kept saying is God doesn't turn away from you. You've turned away from God. And, and I was thinking about it as families that, um, you know, you, see, you, you know, I mean, I work a lot with high risk kids, and they say, "Well, my family, my family doesn't like this, or my family doesn't like that," so they threw me out. And yet, some families, it's very difficult for them to say, "You know what? Maybe my child needs to live in the park for a while," and then they'll get the message. And um, I think you're right on right on spot, Liz, because back in chapter thirty three. At verses 17 and 18, it says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. So that implies that if you walk away from God, you just walked away from the ark of his safety. Absolutely. And so then I think it's kind of, well, it's taking us, like Mike, you know, like Michael said, it's, it's the different denominations and different groups as they, as they go on through. To you know, there's um, in chapter thirty-eight, it's the sickness and recovery of Hezekiah, and and I think in a way it, they are talking about Hezekiah, but they're also talking about how a denomination can become sick, but it can heal itself. And how each of us can can say, um, you know, this is this is what we need to do to turn us all all away. And I think you know what you're saying about, and what I had said too about, when we turn our back on God. Well, you know, if we belong to a group of people and they all turn their back on God, sooner or later, we're going to get the backlash of of them. Whatever yeah, so that- whatever happens. Yeah, so when you're relating this to to Christ and the church, that we have to stay focused on Christ. Right, and so that's what, and so then he says, um, you know, um, in chapter 39, again, it's an embassy from another, from another group who is the king of Babylon. And I think it's not so much as saying, saying, you know, Babylon, but seeing as the church itself is there will be some powerful, powerful um, denominations and groups and beliefs who have moved away from God and turned their, their back on God and they'll do bad things to you because they've turned away from God and yet I'm when when Isaiah said to them, "Hear the word of the Lord," behold, those days come, and this is in chapter uh, this is chapter thirty nine, verse five. And when he says, "All all that is in your houses, all that is," that's where I think when you're saying focus and to stay focused on God, so that um, maybe it won't be you, because then in chapter seven he says, "Some uh, some of your bodily descendants." Um, well, you know, I don't think they mean 
they're going to go be in the, the king's house, but some hey, of Liz. your descendants come back to Christ's house. And hey, Liz. Christ. Yes. Okay. Can I help? I'll give you an example. Now, if you look at the next chapter 40, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you recall, I said, let's look, even if you find just one in all 10 chapters, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to find something in every chapter, okay? So when you find just one, so if you look at chapter 40, look at what verse three says. The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, makes straight. You remember who said this in the New Testament, right? John the Baptist. That's my John section to cover. This 40. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, That's 39 is, Liz is... Okay, <laughs> yes. I thought you went... I thought he goes to 40. Sorry, no, I apologize. No. I thought Liz... Okay. All right, so Liz's chapters ended at 39. Yes, then yes. I start with 40. Oh, I apologize. Okay, all right. Okay, so Liz, you asked a question about Senecarib or something. Sennacherib was some king from a foreign land that invaded, that invaded Israel. That's the only thing right. I want to say about. That's the only thing I want to say about that. Okay, yes. but remember, I want us to remember. Everything in the book of Isaiah is talking about Christ and the church. Right. Over the years, you're going to grow in your ability to find them. Do you hear what? Now you know why I said, let's just do it in one week. Okay. Right. Because yeah. you're going to keep growing. So you don't have to know. You don't have it. They'll, they'll come to you. Go back to Isaiah tomorrow. Go back to Isaiah next week. Study it again. And from what you know, as you know, the New Testament, you know, the characters in the New Testament, you know, the things that happened, you know, how he was betrayed. You know, how the John, the how John the Baptist at some time said, wait, are you the guy that we're to expect or should we expect another? You're going to see all these things in Isaiah. It's really uncanny. Okay. So make well, certain think, that. Yeah, go on. I think that the issue here is that the message that you sent out for us to do that was yesterday. And we were all reading 13 chapters a day from uh, Monday last week. So most of us had already highlighted things in here, like we highlighted the other books. No, actually, and I sent that message on Monday. Okay, because it showed up in the group yesterday. No, I repeated it again yesterday. That's why I said reminder. <laughs> that was the only one that I saw in the group was yesterday's. Okay, that's fine. When you go back to it, you'll see there was one sent out on Monday. Worst case, worst case scenario was Tuesday. And I even sent into the inboxes. I didn't send into your inbox because I kind of figured you, you knew that. So, but go ahead, your chapter 40 and up. Okay. Oh, well, I think that the tone, the tone changes in chapter 40, because up to the first 39 chapters, it's talking, kind of warning the church, um, what happens when you walk away from God's uh, ark of safety. And then in chapter 40, it's giving, it starts off with the um, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. And, um, you know, speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. And then it goes on to John the Baptist, um, what he said about preparing 
for the coming of the Lord. But he's telling us to the church that if we look at it, it's not just the prophecy of John the Baptist in verses three through five. The voice of him that cried from the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. There, I think he's really talking about us individually as um, believers that um, we were the crooked that are made straight. We're the rough places that are made plain. We're the mountains and the hills that were made low. That we're the lofty, lofty, the um, arrogant that were humbled. That um, he's really talking about us. And then um, in verse nine, it says, "O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid." say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. So he's, um, he goes on in this section. I know we don't have a lot of time. Several places, like in chapter 41, he says, fear thou not, for I am, 40, chapter 41, verse 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness that he's letting us know that it doesn't matter that we're gonna go through some stuff. There's gonna be challenges that we're going to have to overcome. But if we um, stay with him and you know continue to honor him and follow him, that he's going to be with us throughout everything. And even in chapter 42, it repeats the, the same message in uh, verses six and seven, it says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. And in verse 10, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth, that you go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. And then in verse 16, and I will bring the blind by the by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. And then in verse 19, it says, who is blind but my servant or death as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? seeing many things, but thou observest not, opening the ears, but he heareth not. So he's talking about here, you know, we talk, uh, we think about in the New Testament, how um, Paul took the, took the gospel message to all the Gentiles, to the whole, to the whole earth. So I think in 42, he's really talking to the church about the same thing. Uh, and then in chapter 43, it goes on to talk about some of the challenges that we're going to have in life. And he says again in verse 5, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. So it, this whole um, 
he, he keeps talking to us about the different things that are going to happen. And in verse 10 of verse 43, it says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before, there, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Uh, I, in verse 11, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Okay, and I have declared and have saved and have shewed when there was no strange God among you, that therefore you are my witnesses that the Lord, that I am God. So that is definitely talking about Jesus. And um, then um, he tells us in verse 18, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And he goes on in chapter 40. That... Sorry, can I, can, I, can I stop for a second? Can I stop for a second? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Now, there's, there, are lots, there are lots of things we can pull out. But remember what I said. Even if we only pull out three or four out of the whole thing, and we can demonstrate how this particular thing, you've mentioned some already, we should have concentrated on those, how this particular thing is referenced, you know, or relates to something you've seen, say, in the New Testament, something to do with the Church of Christ. You understand? Yeah. Yes. The, 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 the quotes are fine, but the question is, how does this quote ref reference Jesus Christ? How does this quote reference something that okay. happened in the New Testament? Okay, well, I'm getting to that. In chapter 44, in verse 21, it says, remember these again. And uh, the reason why I read it in chapter 43, you'll see in chapter 44, if you look at verses 21 and 22, it says, remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant, I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten to me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. That um, he talks that that um, several places in the New Testament it talks about our sins being forgiven, being blotted out. That I really love this because you notice here God uses the phrase "blotting out your sin." Yes. That was never something you got in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you only got your sins covered. Mm. Right. In the New Testament, you get your sins washed away. So if you see God saying in Isaiah, I will blot out your sin. Basically, I'll wash away your sin. It's a prophecy. Yeah. It, did, it couldn't have occurred in the Old Testament because it was the blood of bulls and goats. In the New Testament, certainly because it's the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can blot away, wash away your sin. So that's a very good one you just picked there. Thank you. Okay. Now, in chapter 45, in verse 3 and 4, um, he says, And I will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel's mine elect, I have even called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. That, um, that refers 
it, um, in the New Testament, it says that we um, we have we are the we will we are the the uh, inheritors. What I can't think of the word that um, that God gave a, a promise to us, and we inherit that promise. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Do you understand what I'm yes, saying? I, yes, yes, yes. That um, we've inherited a promise that God made to Israel. Yes, and he's the and, testator. Then it talks about the the testament, the testator, the will that you don't get, you, you don't inherit something unless the testator dies. And Jesus is the testator who died and rose again so that we could inherit the treasures. And in the New Testament, he tells us that, that he made a treasure that's not made of gold, that we're the earthen vessels, that we are, we are his riches. And then in verse 13 in chapter 45, it says, I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and he shall not, and she shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, said the Lord of hosts. That's talking about Jesus. And even in 14, it continues to talk about Jesus. Thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of stature shall come over unto thee and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee. In chains they shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee. There is none else. There is no God. That, um, that you know, he's saying that even, even mighty men are going to follow him. And in the New Testament, we know of the, um, the centurion, who he's a mighty man of war, but he came to God. And... Um, Jesus, remember, we remember Jesus talking to the centurion. Okay. And remember, Ethiopians and Egyptians didn't come to God. I mean, they were outsiders. They were outcasts. So here is a prophecy saying that God is saying that they're going to come to some, there's a man they're going to come to. There's somebody they're going to come to. And Ordinarily, remember, remember Jonah fled because God asked him to go preach to Nineveh, remember? Yes. And Nineveh were Assyrians. And Jonah was like, God, what's wrong with you? Don't you know these are our enemies? So in the <laughs> Bible, I'm going to go down as the guy who went to preach to our enemies. I can't do this. Okay. So here's Isaiah saying things that anybody listening to him in those days would have been like, you want the king to cut your head off? You're saying Egyptians and Ethiopians are going to come to the king of Israel? And worship God? That's an abomination. And that's what we need to understand that when we're reading Isaiah, Isaiah is saying things that in the ears of the people at his time, he had to be crazy. Okay? It sounds okay to you and I. Oh, Egyptians, Ethiopians, everybody coming to God. Then, no, it didn't sound good. No, because they were the oppressors. Exactly. Go ahead. Okay, and then in chapter 48, verse 16, it says, Come ye near unto me, hear you this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, 
from the time that it was, there I am. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. That obviously that they're talking about Jesus. Um, thus exactly. Says, this person, you're right, because he says he's been there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in verse 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee to prophet, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Once again, we only have one Redeemer who is the Lord thy God, and that's Jesus Christ. Okay, trying to turn the page, doesn't want to turn. Okay. Um, and then in chapter 49, verse 3, I think that this is talking about the church. And it says, and said unto me, thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. That that's the church. He's not talking about the nation Israel. He's talking about the, the church, um, you know, the church of Jesus Christ. That's who he's talking about there. Okay, and then um, okay, then in chapter 50, that he's talking to the church again in verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he waketh mine ear to hear as learned that he's expecting us as the church to listen to him so that we would, um, we would know what to say to lift up you know, others. And then in chapter 51, he's talking- No, no, before, sorry, before you go to chapter 51, look at verse six to, through nine in chapter 50. Okay, I'm just trying to keep within my time. That's okay. And then verse... Yeah, but this is a big one. Okay. In uh, verse 6 through 9, it says, I give my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as garment. The moth shall eat them, moth shall eat them up. That was what happened to Jesus when he was taken before Pilate and before the high priests. So this is yeah, a well, prophecy they... of his... Yeah, go on. Yeah, that they, um, you know, his 40 lashes... And um, it was stricken the face, you know, smacked him in the face. Exactly, because that never happened to Isaiah. No. Okay. And then in chapter 51, it says, Hearken to me that ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Um, and look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. 
for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. That um, when Jesus met with the um, disciples after 40 days, he said that he would send us a comforter. Ooh. And I think this is a prophecy of that. I don't know if you agree. What, what, what verse? Verse 3, 51 verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. that he said he would send us a comforter. Okay, if you don't see it, that's what I saw. That's okay. Sorry, what chapter? I had you on, I, I was talking and I muted my phone. What chapter was chapter that? 50, chapter 51, verse three. Okay, okay, let's that take a look. That was the prophecy of the comforter. Um, I believe that in my estimation, I could be wrong, that um, it, it refers to when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom on the earth, that the desert will bloom and uh, the um, adjectives will be used regarding this earth. Well, that's a very good, that's a very good point that you brought up. And you will notice something that recurs here. Kate alluded to it earlier. You read about the crooked path being made straight. Correct. About the the um, valley being, you know, exalted and things like that. And these have to do at this time with our personal lives, your soul, your spirit, your being. Amen. Yes. Amen. Good. Now, but a time is coming when these things will apply to the physical environment around us. So Gwendolyn, you're absolutely correct on that. So there's a spiritual meaning, there's a soulish meaning, and there's a natural meaning. That's why man is spirit, soul, and body, okay? So you're, you're absolutely right when you say, you know, a time will come when the river, when the desert will bloom. Yes, that's gonna happen when Jesus comes again. But today, when we talk about the desert, we're talking about the tough times in your life, amen? Amen. And Jesus's ability to turn it around for good, no matter what you're going through. For you. And that's, that's why the disciples were like, when Jesus came from the grave, they said, oh, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus says, listen, it's not your business to know exactly when God wants to do what he wants to do. Go out and preach my gospel. Okay. So there's spiritual meanings to this. And um, it's okay to, to know that a time is coming when all these things will happen in the natural but right now we're in the time of the spiritual. So we're trying to know the spiritual message that God is sending to us here. Okay, right. go ahead, Sister Kay. Right, and I was saying in verse three, the spiritual message to the church is that God sent us a comforter and that comforter was the Holy Spirit. He promised us that after he left and was ascended to heaven that he would send the comforter. And the comforter does for us that he gives us that he turns our, our, our uh, desperate circumstances, the, our desert into a garden, 
of the Lord and joy and gladness will be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Don't you find a lot of times that you hear, um, I know for myself when I'm going through a tough time that I hear different um, hymns that are based on scripture, like um, fear not for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name. Those are the melodies that we hear when we're in the midst of trouble, when we're in the midst of hard times. And that's because of the comfort of the Holy Ghost, that he does speak these things to us. And then in chapter 52, that it kind of, in verse one, it kind of reminds us again about that comforter. He says, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall come no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. So we're going to get to a point um, spiritually where um, we're going to, we're going to be, um, we're not going to have to worry about those things. As long as we put on the strength and our strength is Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, it says, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, but that's what we have to do. Uh, you know, shot ourselves with the um, shoes. Yes. Go ahead, Gwendolyn. You know what I was going to say there. Yeah. Oh, some dog is. That's probably. Okay. Look at look at look at verses yeah. thirteen through fifteen. Verses thirteen through fifteen in chapter fifty-two. Go ahead, Doctor mm -hmm. Gay. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at, at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him for that which hath not been told them shall they see and that which they have not heard shall they consider. And that's once again, talking about um, Jesus. The suffering, the beating of Jesus, the beating Jesus would receive. They, yeah. Isaiah prophesied to say the beating that Jesus would receive would so mar his face. In other words, you and I have never seen a movie that actually portrays how disfigured Jesus looked after they were through with him. This here is telling you in verse 14, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man. Are you with me? Do you yes. all remember in the book of Acts when the Ethiopian eunuch was riding in his chariot and the spirit of God said to Philip, join close to this chariot. And Philip heard the man reading the book of Isaiah and Philip asked the man, do you understand what you're reading? Does everybody here remember that conversation? Yeah. yeah. And the man, what was the man's response to Philip? Anybody no, can answer this. No, no, I don't. But um, but you 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 can you can you can um you can tell me you can teach me who it is. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I think that was about to say something. He said there is no one here to teach me. There you go. How can I know this unless there's someone here to teach me? Amen. And that's what we're doing today. 
the book of Isaiah needs someone to teach us, to send us in the right direction. That's why I said there's no hurry. Once you get the key, you'll come back to the book of Isaiah on your own and it will start popping out for you. Look here, Isaiah just told us in 52 verse 13 and 14 and said his face was disfigured. Now, I don't care what movie you've watched. There's no movie you've watched that has actually shown how disfigured Jesus was after they had beaten him up. <laughs> Isaiah is telling you that his face was marred more than any man's face had ever been marred. Just mm -hmm. imagine that. Just yeah. imagine that. And now, Brother Mike, you continue with 53 through the end. Okay, nobody did that? That was yours to do. You said oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Thanks for waking me up here. Okay, all right. Look at look at chapter fifty three. Look at chapter fifty three from verse three to nine. Verse three to nine. Um, Sister Gwendolyn, can you help me read that, please? I don't know if you have it. I don't have the ability to read and also okay. listen on the phone at the same time. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, can anyone else please read that for me? Verse three to nine. What chapter? Chapter 53. I will do it. He okay. is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And whom shall declare this generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Do you want red nine red as well? Yes, please. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Now, can you read 10 to 12? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, 
for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with trans the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Now, how many people have read this before? Amen. I've read amen. it. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 There's no... Sorry, brother, what did you say? Uh, so I read it, but uh, the interpretation that was given when I read it was different. Um, okay. They said, it's, um, they said um, it was about Israel, not about Jesus. Uh-uh. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what they said. They said it, it well, that, that was an encapsulation of Jesus' <laughs> um, mission. Uh, his, he yes. carried out his mission uh, and was obedient to God and who yes. it was for and the victory that he had won. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. now this was, um, well, the people practicing Judaism, we had this conversation and this was what they <laughs> said to me. They said to me that this was about- Can I say Israel. something? Can I say something? Yeah. I want to advise every Christian, never take seriously whatever any unbeliever tells you he believes or doesn't believe. Mm. Why? Because I've been there. Hmm. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. My life wasn't right. I, I didn't know how to make my life right. So if you came and talked about Jesus, I will give you all kinds of stories why Jesus wasn't real. But in my own, when I got back to my house at night and condemnation came on me, I'll be begging God, oh God, please forgive me. Yeah. So all those people who listened to me and they live, gave up their faith, that's their problem. I wasn't a Christian then. And if they listen to me, tough for them. Okay? So, here it's so clear it's talking about an individual. There's no way it's talking about this, a soul. Okay? It said, my righteous servant, you know. Okay, look at the verse. Let's take a look at verse um, 9. It says, it made his death with the rich and the criminals. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody know who the criminals were he made his death with? The thieves on the cross. Thank you. What about the rich? Who was the rich? He had his death. Yeah. Joseph of Arimathea gave him his grave that had not never okay, been Okay, let somebody else say something. Dr. <laughs> 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 K, Dr. K is so revved up today. Okay. And uh, the, the gentleman that he had, um, uh, was it Simon? Simon's house where uh, Mary Magdalene wiped his feet with her hair? Okay, okay, that's a good one. Where she wasted all that, where she poured, poured the holy oil oh, or something oil. on it. She didn't waste it. She she bathed his body for his his death. It is death. Mm-hmm. There you go. And and Judas was like, we could have sold this for a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's look. Let me look for another one real quick. Uh, we have twenty something minutes. Yeah. Okay. Twenty eight minutes. Okay. Let's go to chapter. We're going to jump to. And he saw that. 
look at let's look at chapter 59. Amen. From, from verse 16, we can take it to 19. Anybody can read. You want to read it, Dad? First, starting 59. Where? Mom will read it. Verse okay, 16. From, yeah, and verse 16, 16 to 19. Yeah. No man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay glory to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Okay, so it, so in verse six here, you see, it says God was astonished that there was nobody to act as an intercessor for man. There was no righteous person at all. So God himself decided to become the intercessor. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, now let's jump to verse 60, I'm sorry, not verse. Chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. Amen. 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 The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Okay, now, Jesus read that same scripture. Let's look at it in the New Testament. Um, does do you have do you have like a um, not a concordance? Like John this, chapter one verse thirty-two. Oh no no it wouldn't be John chapter one verse thirty-two. It would be somewhere in Luke or Mark. Is that way? Is it okay? What does go ahead? Look at what what does John chapter one verse thirty two say? I have no idea, but that's the only the only New Testament um, gospel. The only reference that was in my Bible. It's probably wrong. Okay, sorry, I should do. And when and when Jesus finished reading that passage yes. in the synagogue, when when he finished reading that what verse passage, is that? No, I'm from my mind. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. When, Go ahead. Jesus, okay. when Jesus finished reading that passage from in the synagogue, the the scribes and the Pharisees 
they, they gnashed their teeth and threw them out and said, who do you think you are? And, exactly. they, uh, and mm -hmm. they, they tossed him out because he had no accreditation in the okay, school. Can we, find that, can we find that scripture, please, somebody, New Testament? They wanted to kill him. Yes. And he said, today you have heard prophecy. Okay, so it's Luke. It's the book of Luke, chapter 4. So let's keep our fingers at Isaiah, where we just left. Okay. okay. And then let's just read Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Oh, it's in Jesus' words. Yes. Exactly. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, mm. to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That was okay, stop. Point. Stop. Now go back. Keep your fingers here, please. But go back to Isaiah and read okay. the exact same thing. Uh, uh, 61 2 or wait from ways yes from verse 1 okay the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Stop. Did you notice that there is no period in Isaiah after acceptable year of the Lord? Yes. There's a comma. It's a comma. Yes. But when Jesus read it, he stopped there. Uh. He had the book with him. And Look what he does in verse 20. Luke chapter 4, verse 20. What does he do? He closed the book and sat down. Yep. Uh, and in book. verse 21, what, does he, what did he say? It's, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Did you hear that? He stopped intentionally before vengeance and handed the book to them. Telling them, hey guys, this is the last train out of town. Make sure you get on it because next time I come. <laughs> Don't you just love Jesus? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the man decided not to, he decided not to read the next part about vengeance. He had the same Bible you have. Mm -hmm. There was no period there. He put the period there. Mm -hmm. He put the period there and gave it to them and said, this part has been fulfilled in your hearing. Okay. So, well, I think I'll, I'll stop there. Um, and May I? Sorry? There's one more a thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Louder. That there's more to come. That's what he's saying. He put the period there. Exactly. But there's more to come. Stay tuned. 
stay tuned. <laughs> the day of vengeance. Okay. And there's not one person on this call that is gonna be that is gonna be sad on the day he comes. Not one person here. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. In fact, the less sure you are about it, the more sure I am about you. And the more sure you are about it, the less sure I am about you. <laughs> may, I may, I may I share you with you an old story? Yes, sir. Back in 1941, when I was oh. a four year old, there was yes. a great display in the Northern Lights. I was yeah. a son of a preacher and his wife, and it looked as though the sky was on fire from our home in Zanesville, Ohio. I had just yes. lost three brothers that year, two twins that were born and then died after birth, and a 14-year-old brother. This four-year-old looked up in the sky and thought he was looking for Jesus to come on that day because he had been taught that he was coming back again. Yes. Eighty years ago. And he is coming back. He's coming back. And we can have all we're seeing all we're seeing all the signs around us. And he is the one that makes us righteous. It's not our, it's not our good deeds. The Bible said it is not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? As weak as we are on all the mistakes we make and all the silly things we say that we do and all of that, I want to tell you, when it says that man's face was marred uh. for you, I just want you to picture what marred means. Okay? A part of his face was hanging down. Mm. I want you to understand that. A part of his face was hanging down. His flesh on his back was peeled. Mm. Isaiah said so. Yes. That's what he meant by his stripes. That's, that's Jesus. And whatever that man went through, I don't think you've committed enough sin that his pain was not enough to pay for. Mm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. But because you are a child of God, deep inside of you, you are grateful for what he has done. And because of that, you want to live right, you want to do right, but your old nature gets in the way. But you know what? That's what we read when he said, the desert shall become a garden. Remember when we talked about that earlier? Yes. yes. The desert is that old nature that cannot bring forth fruit. Somebody read this night where he went to look for fruit, for, for um, grapes, but all he found were what? Wild grapes. Mm -hmm. Remember? Yes. yes. There you go. But now he's put the Holy Spirit in you and in me. And in time, if you look at yourself today, as bad as you think you are, trust me, you're 10 times better than you were 10 years ago Ooh, without even trying. Without even trying. 
So I think, you know, we, the key has, has, has been given in the book of Isaiah. There's so much more, remember. Don't think we found that. Listen, we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. When you go back at your own time with your highlighter, you go through the book of Isaiah and you'll look for things that refer to Christ and the church. Amen? Amen. And you begin Amen. to go. All right. You said Somebody have a parrot somewhere there? You said we were going to go to back to Isaiah 14 through 29 because nobody had touched on that. Um, okay, or, well. Or should we just yes, forget it because... No, 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 no. We shouldn't just forget it. Thanks for thanks. So let's 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 take five minutes. If everybody's got five minutes, let's just do that. Five minutes. Amen. 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 All right. You warned us two hours, so we still have twelve minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it was gonna take us a while. <laughs> okay. Isaiah 14. Okay. Okay. Um, this is going to be a controversial one. Chapter 14. Um, look at from verse 12. Okay. okay. We'll take from verse 12 to. Uh, okay. 20. Verse 12 to 20. Somebody can read, please. Are you sick of hearing me read? No, 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 please go ahead. Go ahead. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son Can of I the stop woman? you for a second, everybody? Now, I know I have educated people on this phone call, so the answer, of course, is going to be easy for all of you. When you hear the word Lucifer, mm -hmm. does that word have to you a Latin root, a Greek root, a Hebrew root, Chinese root. What do you think? Hebrew. Latin. Latin, exactly. Was there any Latin during the time of Isaiah? No. no. Good. So that means somebody replaced sure. that word with something else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lucifer in Latin means light bringer, or the light, light one or something. But in the original Bible, you see the word Hillel. Okay. Now I have a reason why I wanted, I want us to remember that. Okay. So the word Lucifer is never used in the Bible. It was a mistake put there in the King James. Okay. It's Hillel. So think, please continue. I think it means light bearer. Hillel, Hillel might mean light bearer too. Correct. Correct. All right. Okay. Okay. How, yeah, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. 
yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, did, that did shake kingdoms? Thou that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of the grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are, stain, are slain, thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit at the carcass hidden underfoot. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed my, thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. Okay, so here is a word from God that has two meanings or two dimensions. On one dimension, he's talking about Satan, that at the end, Satan is going to be destroyed. The Antichrist, you see him bound a thousand years. Everybody's seen that in Revelation, correct? Yes. But on another level, he's referring to the world, that at the end of time, that the world will be in turmoil and will not work because it will now be under judgment. Okay, we are in that time. Wow. We are in that time, okay? And the time is short. The time is short. There's gonna be quick moving things. This whole thing about taking the shot for the virus and this and that, that's not the mark of the beast, but it's a rehearsal. It's a preparation for that time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so... So I'm going let, let me let me stop here because I'm having some problem with my electricity. I can't really read, so I apologize. Okay. Um, but that was something I did want to bring up first of all, for us to understand that Isaiah also looks ahead and sees the things that are gonna happen, like in the book of Revelation, etc. Mm. Okay. All right. So um, let me see if I can pull something else out. That will bless you. Okay. Okay. And this goes to what verse chapters what? Twenty six. Twenty nine. Sorry. 29, okay. Okay. Well, how about Isaiah 19, verse 20? Okay. Oh, sorry, 18, okay. verse 20. No, it is 19. Okay. Chapter 19, verse 20. Okay. I have that highlighted, so... And it shall be for a sign and for... Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, this is a bit deep. Okay, but since you touched it, let's do let's look at Isaiah chapter 19, verse 19 and 20. Okay. 
Okay, take take it to verse 21. Anyone can read. Amen. 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 In that day shall there be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar at the border thereof to the Lord. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness unto the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they shall cry unto the Lord because of the oppressors, and he shall send to them a savior and a great one, and he shall deliver them. And the Lord shall be known to Egypt and the Egyptians shall know the Lord in that day and shall do sacrifice and oblation. Yea, they shall vow a vow unto the Lord and perform it. Okay, so <laughs> this could not be happening in the Old Testament. Correct. Okay. And we know it's not natural Egypt. Okay, it's just talking about people who are in sin. Are you hearing what I'm just saying? Now? Yes. Yes. Egypt in the Bible is symbolic of sin. You remember the people where the Bible says they were in slavery in Egypt, correct? Yes. And Moses came and delivered them by slaughtering, by killing the lamb. The lamb on the feast of Passover was what delivered them from Egypt, not the miracles. The miracles didn't move Pharaoh. Okay. So you were in Egypt before you got born again. Now, after Moses delivered them from Pharaoh and brought them into the promised land and they formed their own country, did they ever go into captivity again? Yes. Okay, one person says yes. What does everybody else say? Say it, Dad. Yes. 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 Okay. The temple. When Solomon Temple was um, overthrown. Very good which is what we studied the last few weeks, right? Nehemiah and Ezra, bringing them, because they were all in captivity in Babylon, okay? Yeah. So, and remember in Babylon, everything in Babylon had to do with religion. Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to worship his God. Um, the, the Persian um, emperor said, okay, nobody should pray to any other God except me. That was a different kind of captivity from the captivity in Egypt. Yes. So Egypt was symbolic of, your captivity in sin before you became born again. And captivity in Babylon represents the captivity you came into after you became born again and became denominationally minded. That's religion. Okay? Now, here Isaiah is talking about how you and I are going to be delivered, those of us from Egypt, which is everybody, everybody who was in sin. Okay? Now, in verse 24, it says, in that day shall Israel be the third with Egypt and with Assyria, even a blessing in the midst of the land. Do you see that? Yes. yes. How come yes. Israel is coming? How come Israel is coming third? Behind Egypt. I'll because tell you it something. comes after. Yeah. Because it comes after the sin and after not, after the learning, but they still have it. Now remember it. Israel is Israel are the people of God. Do you but remember they, the story of the prodigal son? Had, but still, they had turned away from God. So, yes. So now they have yes. to come back. Yeah, but it's, remember, it's not talking about, remember, we said we're not talking about natural Israel or natural Egypt. Right. But okay? each, of, each of us has the same thing and probably will more than once in our life. Of course, of course. But you and I today are part of Israel, correct? According to the scriptures. 
Yes. Yes. But those of us who grew up in a Christian home, knew the word, etc., etc., are not as committed to God as those people who were horrible sinners and God saved. Do you remember Jesus said, those who are forgiven a lot love more? Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. So God is saying here that the Assyrians and the Egyptians, the people who came from outside, are going to be more committed than even the children of Israel. That's what you're saying here. But the children of Israel are still saved. You and I are still saved. Well, all of us came from Egypt, so you can you can clap for yourself because you're also an Egyptian. Okay, so God is talking about how the sinners are going to be more committed to Him than the religious people. That's all that means. Does anybody have any statements you want to make? Question? Sorry, I'm kind of having a stuffy nose here. Don't have a stuffy nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This has been great. Thank you for allowing me to join with you. Come every week. Thank you, everybody. He's usually you, everybody. at church. Yeah, I know, but he comes home in the middle of our study, so he should join us when he comes home. Yes. Okay. Hello. Does, does anybody have any question, any more clarification needed? Yeah, I guess the, the one I raised um, when I read uh, chapter, one second. Yeah, it was chapter eight. Who was that child? The verse three to four. Hold on, let me turn there. Chapter eight. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing, if I may. Yes, go ahead, Sister Gwendolyn. Yeah. Uh, what I was um, thinking, sorry, it's escaped me now. Okay, that, let me answer her question and then I'm sure by the time I'm done, you'll get it. Okay, now God had come to the prophet Isaiah complaining uh -huh. about Israel and their attitude towards him. And so he said, uh -huh. I want you to go marry a prostitute and have children by the prostitute. And I want you to name them these names mm -hmm. because this is what the children of Israel are to me. That's all that was. Okay. Was that Isaiah to get married with prostitutes? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I think the same thing happened with Ezekiel. Everybody remember the same thing happened with Ezekiel. Hosea? Hosea? No, I think, no, I think it might have happened to Hosea as well. Okay. In fact, Ezekiel was told by God to eat poop. Oh. <laughs> and I, Ezekiel said, but why? God says, because when I listen to their prayers, that's what it feels like. Okay. Oh. So Ezekiel said, oh, Ezekiel said to God, oh, yeah, Ezekiel said to God, God, please, I've never done anything like that in my life. God says, okay, okay, uh, don't eat that. And I think he told him to go eat something else. I think pork or something. Okay. And so God oh. would do these things to the prophets. Okay. One time he told Jeremiah to walk around naked. And said, they will come and ask you why you're walking around naked. And then tell them that that is how they look to me. <laughs> and, they, and they came to Jeremiah and asked him, why are you walking around naked? And they said, God said, because that's how you look to him. <laughs> uh, uncovered. 
That's, this is, I tell you, there's so much in this book. When you read this book, sometimes you fall over laughing. God's got such a big sense of humor. <laughs> Amen. Can <laughs> you tell your prophet to go eat poop? And he goes, God, I can't do that. And God says, okay, okay. Go and eat pork, okay? Because that's exactly how I feel. You know, and pork was, I mean, for Jew, that was like, what? You know, but between poop and pork, the guy had to eat the pork. <laughs> Okay. And, you know, the one comment that I would just like to make is yes. that um, I think everybody should bookmark um, chapter 40 through 49 so that when um, we run into um, obstacles or challenges in life, yes. anything that would maybe challenge our faith or whatever, we read this back. There are personal messages in there to us. And promises yes. that God has made to us as believers all throughout there. Just about every page is full of his mm. promises to us yes. about how he'll deliver us. I yes. remember what um, I was going to talk about. Um, yes. in, in the Torah, um, yes. the Jewish, um, the clergy, they, yes. um, allow, they allow the, um, the book to... Uh, follow Isaiah up to yes. chapter 52. After 52, and nothing yes. of, in Isaiah is, is allowed to be read because it points to with uncertainty to the coming Messiah. And they do, <laughs> not want to, they do not want to recognize the Messiah was coming, had come, and had suffered and for our sins. So they restrict any um, written evidence after chapter 52 to be uh, printed in their Torah. Wow. Emilia, it sounds like Emilia, it sounds like the people you get to meet. Yeah, yeah, that's, those, those were the people. Um, I, I, well, they brought the Shamak and I said, well, this is what it says here. And they go, well, that's about Israel. Yeah. You know, Israel went into desolation for 70, 70 years, and that's what that was referring to. Right. So, well, um, and then they said uh, again about uh, Hezekiah. Um, one of them was talking about, um, was he Hezekiah? One of those kings, the great kings. It wasn't about right. um, Jesus. I, yeah, there's so, Uzzah, there's Hezekiah. They're both featured in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. yeah. So they always okay. found some someone to credit this Isaiah to accept Jesus. Exactly, and it's just, I mean it's they, they, it's such a stretch to say oh that wasn't mm. talking about a man. Okay, so <laughs> no, whose okay. face was whose face was marred? Okay, I know. Mm. <laughs> All and, right, and so that, somebody want to close us in prayer before? Go ahead, go oh, ahead, Liz. Okay, what are we gonna do? What are we going to read next week? Okay. Um, well, why don't we choose what we want to read next week? Uh, I'm thinking we should go into the New Testament. I'm thinking we should go into the New Testament. Uh, have we done the book of Acts here? What about Ezekiel? We, don't, we haven't done Ezekiel. Oh, no, no. It, it's, let, me, let me tell you something. You thought Isaiah was trouble? Hmm. Ezekiel is worse. <laughs> Ezekiel's bad. <laughs> it's trouble. Yeah. yeah. We can do something like Ezekiel in about a year from now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's. We did do Acts. 
Yeah, I've got, I've got notes all over it, so we must have done it. And this is my new Bible. Okay. 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 Yep. All right. Second of August, twenty twenty. I wrote quite a bit in my Bible. Okay. After, what about what after about you Romans? gave me permission to write in my Bible? Oh yes, you should write in your Bible. When when you go to heaven, your Bible is going to appear next to you, and God's going to open it and see if there are any notes. We did do Romans already, also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bible. Bible has no notes. Okay. Um, I think the company think, is ready for a do Romans. I think we should do Romans okay. again. You know what that means? Maybe you don't read it. Sorry. Okay. I think we should do Romans again. Okay. Because I think we're now in a better stead to dig deeper into Romans. So uh, Liz will go online and um, let us know what chapters each person is going to study. Okay. Can somebody close us in prayer, please? Unless there's something else to say. You want to close us in prayer? No. Okay, Dad, why don't Are you close us in prayer? Are we doing all of Romans? Oh, yes. Yes. I will close this in prayer. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, it is so good to be able to meet with other saints and study your word. Lord, I look yes. forward to Sunday Bible study with Brother Mike and my friends. Lord, yes, today God. has been especially dear to my heart and my soul, and I pray that Everyone that was involved today feels similar and even deeper. Lord, yes, we ask you to bless each of us as we leave this call. Help yes, us God. to ponder these things in our heart during the week and be able to recall when things come up that we need to be able to stand on the word and let people know what is written and what it means. God, yes, we God. ask you for clarity and thought and depth. Yes, Lord, God. as you dismiss us today, dismiss us from this group, but not from your presence, Lord. Help Amen. us to love one another, reach out to one another, and to pray for one another. Lord, yes, we God. thank you this day for Liz's birthday this week. And we're yes. thankful to people that have thought about it. We need to know those things so that we can uplift one another. Lord, yes, we God. bless your name. We love you. Thank you for allowing us to live at this period of time where the scripture can mean so much to us, Lord. Yes, God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Good night, I almost everybody. don't want to say goodbye. Good night. Good night. <laughs> good night. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time, for those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary, don't be weary, don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook, go over these videos so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through. The, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? 
So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, you can order, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online menu channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, Hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't even see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. 